Steve, Stephen Burke to come up, and he's going to share the rest of the story. How many of you guys appreciate Stephen Burke? Hi, right, Stephen. Come on up, brother. Hey, Amit, how's that uh, PowerPoint coming? Okay. Okay. So the, the uh, teaching I'm doing today is on relationships, uh, loving others, loving yourself. And uh, we're, we're doing these, uh, it's going to end up being classes that we're going to do for people that are new to New Covenant Fellowship so that they understand who we are and uh, what we're about. And one of the things that we are about are relationships. So if somebody starts coming and they, they start going through our classes, the 101 and the 201, and they get into this and go, oh, my gosh, they want me to be in relationship with people. I'm out of here. Well, they'll, they'll know that right up front. They don't, have to, they don't have to be here six or eight or ten months before they find out that, that we as people want to be in relationship with each other. And really, we understand that's going to be harder for some people than others um, because we understand that people have been wounded in relationships, especially at home. But you know, we're wounded in relationships but we're also healed in relationships. And we want to have healing relationships in this place. But if we're going to do that, we need to be healed. And uh, I'm just going to put in a short plug for the Father's Heart Ministry. The Lord has graced us with some wonderful tools to help people receive some healing in their lives. And so I just encourage you if, well, I'm not even going to say if, all of us have been wounded. All of us need healing. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and, uh, and become a part of, of what's going on here through the Father's Heart Ministry, both through the, the teachings that we have here and also through the prayer ministry where you can come and receive some healing. Okay? Yay. Thanks, Omid. Second one. Why are relationships important? God lives in community, and he has created us to live in community too. We can see that in Genesis when God created the heavens and the earth and he put man on the earth. What was one of the first things that he figured out? It's not good for man to be alone. We need to be in relationship with other people. God is in relationship with the Holy Spirit and his son, Jesus Christ. A perfect picture of what community looks like. Also, relationships are important for personal growth and maturity. Speaking again to some of the woundings that, that we have received 
through growing up. Some people have been so wounded that their emotional maturity has been stunted. And so even though they, be, they get born again and begin to grow as a Christian, they may do things, even though they're in an adult body, that really would be more appropriate for a 10-year-old. That is only going to change in relationships with other people, recognizing the fact that, hey, I'm not acting the way I see I should be acting in the Bible. Why is that? Coming into recognition of it and being choosing to be in a relationship where people can speak into your life and, and change and grow. We also see that picture of relationship in John seventeen twenty three, where it says, Jesus is saying, I in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. What a wonderful picture of relationship. Okay, types or levels of relationships. If you think about it as, um, oh, kind of like when you when you see a picture of planets orbiting around each other, try and and, and picture that as I talk about different uh, levels of relationships our most vulnerable and safest relationship is between us and God. God is truly the only safe being that we can have relationship with. There are degrees of, of people that are safe, safer, safest, and some who are not safe at all. But we're all like that. None of us are completely safe. Because we are wounded human beings and uh, we end up saying things inadvertently most of the time that wound people. God won't do that. So that is the center relationship in that sphere. Okay. The next relation, set of relationships, let's say, would be our spouse, our significant other that person that we can really be vulnerable with and share our hearts with. Then we have our children, extended family, friends, colleagues, acquaintances. You know, we cannot treat and should not treat all relationships the same. Acquaintances, we should not treat them with that same level of vulnerability that we would our spouse or a close friend. So... With each circle, then those are, we have different sets of boundaries, different levels of safeness, vulnerability with each of those circles of of people. And so that just, those spheres keep getting further and further and further out until, you you know, that last sphere would be, you know, like, I don't know, Al-Qaeda or your mother-in-law or something like that. (laughs) Somebody that's way out there, I mean, you know. Okay. 
What does a good, healthy relationship look like? Well, every relationship should have boundaries. Boundaries are not walls. They are not built to keep people out. They are, they are built so that your personal space, who you are as an individual can be maintained. I'm going to go on to communication. A good, healthy relationship has good flow of communication. And as we know, communication is an art. I mean, all of us, especially if you're married, realize how easy it is for the communication to break down. You know, I thought you said this. Well, no, that's not what I said. So, um, conflict. That may be counterintuitive, but for you to have a healthy relationship, you need to have the ability to disagree and feel safe in that disagreement. That somebody's not going to bail out of the relationship just because you disagree with them. When you have a relationship where there is no conflict, somebody has ceased to exist. Right? They have shut down. Whatever you say, it's all good. No, it's not. (laughs) Somebody was telling me that they were talking to an older couple who had a, a great marriage relationship, and they asked them, what's your secret? And the wife said, bring your best fight. Vulnerability. I've already been talking about vulnerability a little bit. But you know, vulnerability is not a weakness. It's really courage. Most of us hide behind our walls. And we're afraid to let people see who we really are. Well, that's what vulnerability is. Being able to open up and allow people to see that person that really is hiding inside. And I know from experience, I know from my own life, most of us do not do that. It takes work. It takes courage. You have to be willing. Because you know something? In relationship, a true relationship, we're going to be hurt from time to time. But that's what forgiveness is for. That we can forgive and continue to work on that relationship because it's worth it. There is nothing like an authentic, close relationship. We do not want to live this life in isolation. It's too short. What's precious in this life are the relationships that God has given to us. Let's not hide from that because we're afraid of being hurt. Let's open up our hearts and share, but choose wisely.
Love, trust, repentance, forgiveness, work. All of those are uh, ingredients of healthy relationships. Speaking the truth in love because we're motivated by the other person's best interest. Not, I'm going to speak the truth to him because I'm mad at him. I'm angry with them. I want to get back at them. I want to hurt them because they've hurt me. No, you speak the truth in love because you want to see that person grow and be healed and mature and be a better person. It's all about motivation. You know, uh, we had a football coach... Pat Jones, who said everybody likes to play football when it's 68 degrees and sunny. At least that's I've heard that on the radio a number of times. Well, that's kind of the way we are with relationships. We all want to be in a relationship when it's fun. There's no disagreements. Everything's good. The sun is shining. It's warm outside. But that's only one part of relationships. There's the other part where we're hurt or frustrated or angry. We don't feel like we've been heard. Somebody has said hurtful things to us. But that's part of it. And that's part of relationships in the body of Christ. That's part of relationships in the church. I mean, we are the church. Not this building, okay? Not this event that we're doing right now. I mean, we say we're going to church, but really, we're the church. And we're only the church because we have a relationship, right? With the Father, made possible through the blood of Jesus Christ, and the relationships that we have each other. Because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, normal. What does a normal relationship look like? Well, it looks like whatever you're used to growing up, right? Man, some people have had some pretty tough family situations and they thought they were normal they thought all that yelling and fighting and stuff getting broke was normal so what is normal what is a normal relationship I think we need to look at the relationship that Jesus had with his father with his disciples. Healthy relationship. Not afraid to share what's in your heart. Not afraid to speak the truth. So how are your relationships now? So hindrances to fulfilling relationships. Fear. Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Guilt. Shame. You know, guilt is, I made a mistake. 
And most of us own up to our guilt pretty quickly. We don't, we don't mind saying, hey, I'm sorry I made a mistake. Shame, on the other hand, is I am a mistake. That's shame. I am a failure. It's personalized. It's a thing hidden deep down inside that causes us not to want to be vulnerable. Not to want to be in relationship with other people. Because we're afraid that once they see that shame that's in us, that they will reject us and not want to have anything to do with us. And the only thing that it takes for shame to exist is judgment and silence. I am a mistake. I am a failure. And I'm not going to let anybody know. So nobody knows what's going on in here. But you know, if you have somebody that's safe that you can share that with, then the shame is dealt with. We need each other. And just a tip on uh, being a, a blessing to other people and having a good relationship. And it's easy. Use words to encourage and build up. Now, no matter how funny it may seem to uh, use put-down humor, don't do that. I think all of us get enough of that anyway. Use words to encourage and build people up. Use appropriate touch to transfer love and appreciation. We all need to be seen and heard. Okay, relationships. Love yourself. Dr. Brene Brown, she is one of my heroes. She has been doing research on shame for about 12 years. And this is one of her quotes. You are worthy of love and belonging. She feels like most of the problems in this world would be dealt with if people would just get that realization in their hearts that they're worthy of love and belonging. You were born to be in relationship with God. You know, with as just as much certainty that God created Adam and Eve... And we, we know that he did that on purpose, right? They weren't a mistake. He chose to create Adam. He realized that it was not good for Adam to be alone. He chose to create Eve. With that much certainty, he has created each and every one of us to be in relationship with him. No mistakes. Doesn't matter the circumstances behind uh, your conception. God created you to be in relationship with Him.
And the fact that you are his daughter or his son is the only thing that will never change. You're not a mistake. You are here by his design. And he had you be birthed into this world at this time so that he could have relationship with you. And you know something? If God loves you, shouldn't you love yourself? Right? Loving yourself is a commandment. You know, we don't live by the law, but it does show the level of importance that God puts on on uh, loving ourselves. You know, that we should love others as we love ourselves. So the law is not done away, but it is fulfilled through authentic relationship with him. Only when you love yourself can you love God. Only when you love yourself can you love others. Only when your cup is full can you freely give to others. Only when you love yourself can you fellowship with God. Only when you love yourself can you be sanctified. Only when you love yourself can you live the victorious Christian life. Only when you love yourself and the gifts God has placed in you can you be all that he intended for you to be. And only when you love yourself does Satan lose. And that that book that's listed there, I Will Give You Rest, I highly recommend this book. Every every person that, uh, that goes through prayer ministry here receives healing for wounds of the heart. I have them read this book first so that they understand where we're going when we start getting together for our sessions. It's a great book. I have it on hand here. I have bought so many boxes of books from this guy that we get a special deal. I think it's over $20 on Amazon. I I sell them for $10 here. So if you want one, let me know. So what does loving yourself look like? Well, it's taking care of yourself first. I like the... the uh, oxygen mask example that they use when you're when you're flying that if there's a problem and those oxygen masks fall down you put yours on first before you try to take care of anybody else well that's true in this life we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves we need to make sure that we're taking time for just to be quiet to talk to god to hear what's going on in our own hearts. Time to take care of ourselves physically. To enjoy relationships. You know, we overlook our relationships 
for the dumbest things. We act like life is just going to go on forever. And it doesn't. It's like, to me, it's like the, the, you know, this winter has really been cold. We've had some terribly cold weather. And then two or three days later, we'll have a beautiful day where it's like in the 60s or 70s. And you know that that's not going to last, right? So you really take advantage of that. That's the way I look at relationships. Things change so quickly. When I have a chance to be with my family, I take it. Because I know it's not going to last long. Things in life change so quickly. We don't, we don't realize how fast something passes until it's gone. Uh, forgiving yourself. That's what loving yourself looks like. We need to be able to forgive ourselves for the mistakes, the sins that we have made. I mean, CJ was just doing a prayer about that earlier, right? Okay, so you've done some bad stuff. The price has been paid for that already. Receive it. Forgive yourself. And repent for judging yourself. And then walk on with with your relationship with God. Don't waste any more time. That's all that is, is wasted time beating yourself up over something that you can't do anything about. And boundaries. I know I've already mentioned that, but boundaries again. Boundaries allow you to freely give without allowing others to take advantage of you. You know, Jesus freely gave. But nobody ever took anything from him. Isn't that right? There was one time he fed the multitudes. The next day they all showed up again. They wanted another meal. And they went away disappointed. He didn't feed them the second day. He could do it, but he didn't. So, what's the difference between loving yourself and selfishness? The difference is not so much what you do as it is the motivation behind what you do. You know, selfishness is fear-based. But, you know, even doing good is sin when the motivation to get your needs, when the motivation is to get your own needs met. And I'll I'll give you a a perfect example out of my own life. Before the Father's Heart teaching came to New Covenant, man, I was a hard-working guy here. And um, to my own detriment, to my family's detriment, and... And I, you know, at the time I was doing the cleaning and everything had to look perfect for Sunday morning. And Geeti would be getting on to me and saying, you know, you've put in enough time over there, you know. And so I, of course, I wouldn't want to, I didn't want to fight with her, you know. So we'd, we'd lay down, go to bed. I'd just lay there till she was asleep. Then I'd get up and I'd come back over here and I'd work some more. Classic example of performance orientation. 
that I was getting my needs met by performing so that I could get a pat on the back. Man, healing set me free. Man, I don't care if the place looks perfect or not. I like it to look nice. It needs to be comfortable for people. But there's a big difference between uh, doing an excellent job and perfection. And we can never achieve perfection. So, it's the motivation that's, that's the key. Why was I doing that? Because I needed somebody else's affirmation. When I received healing in my heart, man, that was gone. Oh yeah, self-talk. What does it sound like? How do you talk to yourself when, when you make a mistake? Hmm? If you talk to other people the way you talk to yourself, would you have any friends? It's good to bless yourself. Say the things about yourself that it says in the Bible. Bless yourself through spoken words. Express a high value of yourself. Picture a special future for yourself. Picture good things happening. Not not your life always going down the toilet, things going wrong for you. Picture good things. Speak good things. You know, we forget that we have the power to create our future by what we say. That's something that that God has given to us as his children. That we can speak things into an existence. The blessings... uh, come from a book by uh, Gary Smalley and John Trent called The Blessing, and I rec- highly recommend that book as well. Excellent book. So, that's the 201 teaching on relationships. Loving others as you love yourself. And uh, I'm done, and it's still early, so I don't know, you guys might have to Get out and enjoy the sunshine or something, I don't know. (laughs) So, you bet. I I don't feel like I have to take 45 minutes, you know, so when I'm done, I'm done. Well, I'm not healed yet, so we need another 15 minutes. <laughs> Let's all stand together. Wasn't that good? Now, let's not just be hearers of the word, but let's be doers. And, I, and here's your homework assignment, okay? 
You need to say things to yourself that God would agree, God would agree with you on. Exactly. Say what he says. Start with, God loves me. God loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And I just want to encourage you. And I know this sound, this may sound trivial to some people, but it, it, it'll really help many of us because we battle with what Stephen was talking about. You know how I know that is because he got the most reaction when he asked the question. If you spoke to people the way you spoke to yourself, would you have any friends? And it's like, boom, because we know how we speak to ourselves, especially as men. When we mess up, you idiot, you stupid idiot. If you called your friends that when they messed up, you think they'd appreciate that? It's not healthy. It's not good. But we need to let our thinking line up with and our words line up with what he says. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that your words would just penetrate our hearts. They just wouldn't go in one ear and out the other. But we would grab a hold of your word. We wouldn't just allow the, the, the birds of the air to come and pluck it up and steal it. But we would let these words penetrate and, and bear fruit. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this family, this church family. We thank you for the lives that are being changed. We thank you that you are preparing us for the harvest. For all the people who don't have any hope, who are lost, broken, destitute. And you want us to go, every single one of us, you've given us the ministry of reconciliation to go and bring them to you. But that also means us cooperating with you and allowing you to do in us what you want to do, Father. And so we submit to that. We yield to you. And we say, Holy Spirit, do your thing. We thank you so much, Lord. We honor you. We bless you. And we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.